to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. All right, welcome everybody to the Gym Podcast. We have a very good episode planned this week. It's me, Randy, with your host, Jimbo. Hello, folks. Jimbo here, and we have a very special guest today. For the first time ever on the Gym Podcast, the one, the only, Madbuck49. How's it going, guys? Welcome. Welcome to the Gym Podcast. We're excited to have you on. Uh, Buck, how's it going, first of all? Tell us a bit about yourself here. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. It's more like sad buck with the way USF's been doing since last year. But um, no, nah, it's no, we're doing really, we're doing all right. We knew this year was going to be bad. Um, it's all right. So, you know, I'm just uh, in the storm of bad football until we're decent, maybe next year, probably in two years. I forget, what's, what's USF's record this year? You have to ask. Oh, I'm looking. <laughs> oh, no. One and four. Oh, hey, hey, I'm having a bad year too, so we can we can hold on, you know. hold on, hold on, hold on. One and four, but we had but we played NC State, True. we played Florida, and we played BYU, and then we played SMU. So there's no cupcakes here. That okay? is a brittle schedule for G five. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm like almost like agent of chaos here. Like let's just rip up the schedule, and anyone can schedule us. You know, right. Alabama, come on, you know, come on down, and we'll have like the <laughs> best strength of schedule record. Or we'll have like the best strength of schedule. No, I could well, say. Hey, you got some. You got a chance to upset Cincinnati late in the season. I'm looking at here. No, so, you know Cincinnati. I mean, I guess we can get to them if you guys want to get to them later. We can get to them later. But like, you know, we'll last couple of years. Yeah. So the last couple of years, Cincinnati. Like they always seem like when they get to the midpoint of the year because they grind out. You know, they grind out teams. It seems like sometimes they slow down. I don't know. I mean, like they. You know, like. I know Notre Dame, but like, I don't know. I, they might change my mind with um, their first two games and their last game. So I don't know. And it, well, is, it is tough. I mean, you know, when you're a team like Cincinnati, very highly ranked, undefeated, you know, looking like you're like a playoff team, everyone's going to be giving you their best shot every week. You might have a chance to upset, upset Cincy, though, at the end of the season. I think Cincy is pretty good, but, you know, like any G5 team or any team really throughout the season, like, each week is unique, you know what I mean? And I would love to see USF put up a good fight against Cincinnati, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, we might. I think all our eggs are going into the UCF basket, um, especially since they have a few injuries and their offense isn't as good as it was last year. So, I mean, it would be nice. I'll take any win, to be honest with you. But um, I, think, I think this year is even less likely than last year. But Fingers crossed. We'll be rooting for you. Well, look at the bright side. You still have the Buccaneers, and you still have the Tampa Bay Lightning. So True. you have We're something spoiled. to fall back on. We're spoiled over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess now it's my turn. I have some things I obviously have to address and talk about. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank Josh uh, from Jimbotopia and the Roll Bama Roll Discord for my new microphone. He gave, he gifted me a microphone that was very nice of him. It's high quality. I love it. Sounds good. So thank you, Josh. Uh, first order of business is I want to congratulate Texas A&M on the win. I really think the game was about them winning more than it was about us losing. I know, given the landscape of football, people are going to talk about how we lost. But their quarterback played the game of his life. He was comfortable. They came out with a great game plan. And they deserve all the credit in the world for beating us. Usually when we get beat, it's pretty fluky. And there's extenuating circumstances. But not really this time. 
for example, 2019 LSU, Tua was hurt. 2019 Auburn, we had a backup quarterback. 2017 Auburn, we had a backup quarterback. 2015 Ole Miss, we had 0-5 to five in the turnover margin, plus the luckiest helmet bounce pass I've ever seen. It just goes to show what it usually takes to beat us, but they didn't need anything like that. They just played a really good game plan and executed it perfectly. Uh, it was very obvious, though, that they did have a specific game plan and showed specific looks that they had ready for us and had not shown the entire rest of the season. They definitely overlooked Mississippi State. I still think Texas A&M is a really good team. You don't beat Bama by being bad, no matter how bad we play. I'm sorry. We just have too much talent. As far as their game plan goes, one thing I really specifically noticed was uh, they had 35% of their plays had pre-snap motion in the Alabama game versus just 5% in all of the games before Alabama. They were showing a lot of eye candy, and they did a lot of different things to try to confuse us. It's similar to some to what like Florida did. So hats off to them for that. Good job. So now I'm going to talk about how did our fan base react? How are we feeling about the game? How do I feel? Yeah. <laughs> and and how is everyone else uh, interpreting the game? And I'm going to explain why this is important. First of all, I want to say everyone's kind of overreacting with like, we're either a dynasty and we're boring or we're going to lose to Georgia and Auburn. I think people are looking way too much into the loss, as unfortunate as it is, as many mistakes as we made, which I'll go into more detail later. I mean, at the end of the day, one play on five separate drives could have changed the outcome of the game, with the biggest example being the interception at the two-yard line. And if just one of those plays and one of those five drives had come out differently, people wouldn't be hyper-analyzing the game the way they are now. So, you know, that just is what it is. As far as how our fan base is, a lot of people are really mad at our OC and our DC, Bill O'Brien and Pete Golding. People have been mad at Golding for a while. I was originally really mad at them, but as time goes on, I don't want to blame them as much, specifically because of how many different looks they were given by Texas A&M and also by Florida. Yeah, I mean, shouts out to Texas A&M for playing a really good game, but I mean, that all said, like, as a Bama fan, like, how worried are you now for kind of like the playoff implications of everything? We're play we're doing a lot of playoff math, making sure we can still make it in. Mm -hmm. We're still, we're worried about Georgia, and we're obviously going to be worried about Auburn, but we're also worried that we're, we have too many mistakes to have to fix. And that leads me into, into the point about how there were just so many different mistakes that were being made that they all individually are fixable. It's just a matter of it being so many different things. It's going to be hard to fix them all by the Georgia game, by the Auburn game. So, for example, we had eight dropped passes in key situations, Bryce, including multiple touchdown that's, that's passes. That's unheard drops. of for Bama. That's unheard of. Exactly. Exactly. We had four. Bryce Young was sacked four times. Unacceptable. Uh, we had absolutely no push from the O-line in the run game. And Brian Robinson was getting tackled like one yard after the line of scrimmage. Every play just had to muscle for three to five. We got no push in the defensive line. We blitzed 17 times and got zero sacks. Yikes. We don't need to fix everything, all these problems, but we have to fix at least a couple of them. I think the biggest things, if we can fix these, we're fine, would be the dropped passes and the push on the offensive line. I think our defense will be fine. I think we did a good job of shutting down Texas A&M in the second half. So I think we'll be fine there. Plus, Saban is a defensive coach. On top of that, we have a very young team 
there's no true leader of the team that the players rally around. Our two of our best players, our best offensive player and our best defensive player are both transfers and they're our oldest players on the team. Henry To'o To'o, the linebacker, and Jamison Williams, our best receiver. We average about seven to eight true freshmen per game that play. So they're a very young, inexperienced team. And the thing is, Saban teams are often very young. We do play a lot of true freshmen normally. It's just they often step up into big roles. But this year, it's taken them longer to do that. So I will say the most frustrating part of the game was we had three straight passes on a first and goal from the three. Two of them were touchdown passes that were dropped. Randy. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's so frustrating. I can feel the frustration. I, I just got to say this. This is what it's like. You, yeah. you, know, you look back yeah. on games that you lost and you say, hey, there's, you know, this this handful of plays that if they just went a little bit differently, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'll, but that, I'll that, give my final thoughts. Yeah, I'm almost done. I'll give my final thoughts very quickly. And these are going to be a little bit more lighthearted. It's funny when you think about it, the one, the one time we had a good kicker that might have actually cost us the game. Because if we think about it, if we had a worse kicker, Saban probably would have gone for it on fourth down at least one of those three field goal attempts. And if we get it, we'd probably win the game. True. Um, and also, I'm just really glad that the assistant unbeaten streak was not to Kirby. Not to Kirby Smart. Yeah. I'm just really glad it's not him. Yeah, Jimbo's and, likable. Jimbo's likable. I'm happy for him. <laughs> of course you would say that. And also... <laughs> One last thought is rest in peace to our unranked streak where we don't lose to unranked teams. I was really sad about that one, probably more than anything. That's but like Texas A&M is like is unranked is. in name only. Like they are a pretty good team. You they are I mean? a pretty good team. And I just think they were overlooking their past games yeah, for I this agree. game. They were looking ahead. Mad Buck, your thoughts on all of this, your thoughts on the longest rant in Jimmo Topoya podcast history. Yeah, oh, the, um, so I, the three, like the three plays, you know, you know, the three plays within the five yard line, basically, there's three straight passes. That just absolutely kills me. Like I, like, am I a person that's always like fourth and one, go for it, fourth and two, go for it, basically? But I mean, just like run the ball, you know, and like to, is, even if you have, even if you're confident in your receivers and your quarterback, you know, there's only a few yards. You know, so it was that that was really tough to watch. I haven't watched Alabama as much this year as I have last year. Um, but and same thing for Texas A and M. Actually, the most I saw Texas A and M was against Colorado. You know, but Texas A and M has been building this team to beat Bama. You know, so it's yeah. So they, so they dropped a couple of games, but this is kind of what they've been going to. This is kind of like their major hurdle. So, you know, so kind of stinks that you know your team loses and. Randy, you're talking about, oh, you know, usually it takes a, you know, we had a backup quarterback and we lost the game. And I'm jealous that you can count on how many, fing- you know, how many fingers you have of how many losses you have within the last few years, yeah. you know, <laughs> coming from someone whose team has lost a lot more than they've won. Um, but it sucks. So, um, but yeah, just, you know, just, just those, they were that close. Just, you know, you figure one of those, one of those times they can just run the ball, you know, they could just bully them, you know, and, you know, maybe just like a play action or something like that. But yeah. no, it, it was really tough to watch if you were an Alabama fan. Final final thought on that is Brian Robinson had five yards per carry. We only needed three and three plays, and we didn't hand it off to him. I mean, come on. It's on Saban. Come on. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, it's on Saban to not get in Bill O'Brien's ear at least. But... Fire, fire Nick Saban. I've been saying it for years. No, well, is... let's not go that far. <laughs> 
That's like Kevin Gilbert and the Texans, you know, like so many years ago, you know, like uh, all they needed to do was get a first down and they had like two minutes left in the game and they just had three quick passes. They gave the ball back to the other team and Buddy Ryan went over there and started hitting them, you know, and it's just like, oh, you're you're right there. Just even if you don't get it, so what? You're still going for a field goal. Bill Bill O'Brien does like to get too cute with our offense sometimes, and cute on offense is not what Alabama fans want to see. We were fine with it when it scored a lot of points, but when it's losing us games, yeah, you don't get, you never get cute, you know, on the road in a tough game where you're 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 behind. You know what I mean? That's what you got to stick to what you work with. You know, we have to give Bill O'Brien, you know, we have to give Bill O'Brien some time here. Okay, he had, you know, he. He has a lot of shiny new toys they can play with, and he just doesn't know exactly how to play with them, you know? So I really think that's also part of it, yeah. Too talented. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to quickly, well, not quickly, but we're going to recap uh, last week's games. We had a really good week last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were a lot of great games, a lot of very near upset. We got blue-balled quite a few times, unfortunately. Um, I wasn't able to watch some of them because I was too busy having to watch my own game, unfortunately. So, Jimbo, would you like to start us off? Yeah, that's it. I I was finally able to really watch a lot of college football uh, this last weekend for the first time really all year. Um, One game I kind of had my eye on pretty much the whole time was Michigan versus Nebraska. Um, Listen, Real quick, would you like to remind the viewers uh, what we said about that game? Sure, let's, let's listen. They play Nebraska next week at Nebraska, a team we clowned on really hard, who is now looking very much improved. When you get too high for a game like that, too hyped, you just set yourself up for disappointment later on. You have to stay consistent and you have to keep, you can't celebrate like you won the Super Bowl before you win the Super Bowl. So here's the thing, like, yes, of course, Michigan won. Though it was a very close game. Uh, They won by three points. There was a field goal with like two minutes left. And actually, if you watch that game, Nebraska had the ball with like two minutes left in it. They, they had a position to, you know, drive downfield and, and, and score their own game-winning field goal. But sure enough, they, they fumbled the ball away, and Michigan got it, um, and obviously took advantage of the situation, as Michigan does. But really, I mean, if you look at the box score in this game, it, it was pretty close. I mean, Michigan did outplay Nebraska, but not by a lot. Uh, Michigan had 459 yards. Nebraska had 432. That's insane. It's, it's a very high... High octane offense for uh, both teams here. Uh, Michigan started out strong, but Nebraska clawed back. They they rallied by putting up 22 points in the third quarter. And listen, a six and zero Michigan really shouldn't be struggling this much against a three and four Nebraska, in my opinion. In my opinion, Michigan still really isn't. They haven't proven to me that they're legit. They still haven't faced a single ranked opponent this entire season, and they probably won't for another two weeks. So again, I, I'm not really convinced about Michigan. I, I still think they're they're waiting to be exposed, and frankly, this game, in my opinion, justifies that. I think it backs up what I said last week. I think it's only a matter of time. It's a matter I think of time. They're, yeah. they're at least going to lose to Ohio State for the billionth time this decade, <laughs> these two decades. <laughs> yeah. Um, any games you watch, Randy, outside of Bama? Yeah, so uh, of course I watched the Oklahoma-Texas game, which was amazing. That was the 11 o'clock game. I was able to eat lunch, eat breakfast, and watch that. That was a heck of a game for many reasons. Uh, I think the best player in college football was playing in that game. I still think the best player in college football is B. John Robinson, the running back for Texas. However, um, obviously it wasn't enough to win them the game. Uh, If you remember, Spencer Rattler was benched at halftime. Yep. Benched at halftime, 
while they were losing by what four touchdowns, three touchdowns, mm-hmm. I believe it was four touchdowns. Anyway, uh, their backup came in, won the game for Oklahoma. Texas couldn't put it away, and I know there's been a lot of dark horse talk about Bijan Robinson for the dark horse, dark horse candidate for the Heisman. Mm-hmm. However, I find it hard to give it to him as much as I hate to say this when they're in a situation where. All they need to do is run the ball up multiple scores in the fourth quarter, and you have the best running back, probably the best player in college football, and you still just can't run the clock out versus the backup quarterback. Yeah. So I think that was very unfortunate. And my thing with Oklahoma is they can't keep getting away with it. (laughs) Tell them, Randy. Tell them. They can't keep getting – well, first of all, now I'm much more invested in the teams like Oklahoma. I need to see them lose. (laughs) Yeah. I think we still control our own destiny, but I'm looking at this from a purely selfish standpoint that I just want to see teams lose just to feel more secure that, okay, whatever. Yeah, but, I mean, at this point now, literally every single one of their wins against an FBS opponent this year has been by seven or less points. That streak continues, and it's just – it's insane. Like, all of their wins are close games that could easily go either way. And uh, listen, I know they have a pretty easy schedule from here on out, but man, it just feels like one of these weeks, you know, they're going to get exposed. They're finally going to slip up and not be able to finish. That's kind of the vibe. And I that it, might take, it might take the playoffs for that to finally happen. Yeah. Uh, my last thought on the game is I do want to give a shout out to Texas quarterback Casey Thompson, 20 of 34, 400 yards, five touchdowns. That's an amazing stat line. So hats off to him. Loved it. That was a great game. Action uh, free. Mad Buck, you've been awfully quiet over there. Tell me, did you watch any good games this weekend that you want to comment on? Um, so games I watched the season, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. I also watched Navy, SMU. Um, I watched Wake, Syracuse, PSA, Western Kentucky. So uh, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech was pretty fun to watch. Uh, I kind of grew up a Notre Dame fan. Um, I was in a Catholic household, so... But uh, Notre Dame, they've always had bigger players. And the last time I saw Virginia Tech, um, you know, I was like, uh, you know, they're a little bit smaller. And I was like, ah, maybe they're a little bit different this time. And no, it was pretty much Notre Dame had bigger players. Hmm. Um, Virginia Tech, their guys were a lot skinnier and they're a lot faster. So usually in that situation, you know, the bigger guys are going to try and bully you with the run game. And they're going to try and use, like, they have tall receivers to, you know, go over top every now and then. And on defense, they're going to try and keep everything on the inside, on the middle of the field. You know, in Virginia Tech, it was like, okay, if they have skinnier guys, you know, and they're probably going to keep try and keep everything on the outside, try and run around you, and figure out what to do with your offensive line. And pretty much that's what the uh, that's what happened during the game. Uh, Notre Dame's line was confused um, a few times throughout the game, um, and their quarterbacks early on they seemed to place the ball well. Uh, for both, for both teams, I might add, but Notre Dame they seem to place the ball well. Um, sometimes the receivers couldn't bring them in. Sometimes they're well defense. You know, it's college football. Notre Dame, do you think they? Um, do you think they're still like in playoff contention? Real quick, because obviously, like that one loss to Cincy, you know, it's a pretty bad mark. But just looking at their schedule, man, I I really think Notre Dame might be able to win out. They might, but you know, like Notre Dame almost has the same schedule every single year. They don't really schedule any. F- I don't think they scheduled any FCS opponents this year. No. I mean, well, I can look at the schedule later on, but I don't think they did. You know, they don't really. They they pretty much they have a good schedule, so it's not like you can say, "Oh, hey, their schedule's great." You know, they're going to get credit for the schedule because they're not. You know, every single year. You know, um, I really don't think that they. 
I mean, obviously, I don't think that they have a big shot unless chaos happens, like a lot of chaos. There's a lot of chaos this year, though. A lot of chaos this year. They don't, they don't play in a conference championship game. That's the one thing that would that's going to ruin their chances. That's true. Cool, then. Uh, Randy, any other games you want to talk about? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about two more games, the Arkansas-Ole Miss game and the LSU-Kentucky game. And I'm lumping these two games in together because I think a big part of college football and why we love to watch it is emotion. A lot of teams play emotionally, and now we're even seeing coaches coach emotionally. (laughs) With the Ole Miss-Arkansas game, it's true. With the Ole Miss-Arkansas game, we say Lane Kiffin make very emotional coaching decisions. He loves to go for it on fourth down inside his own 30. And I think more than anything, he's just trying to pump his team up and say, hey, I believe in you guys. And I think also, I don't want to call him immature. He's obviously grown up a lot in the past decade. But I think part of it is it's easy for him to get impatient and just want to go ahead and get it. Go for it. Let's win now. He feels like he's playing with house money. Uh, The Arkansas Ole Miss game, it was very exciting. It was a last-second two-point conversion to win the game for Arkansas that came up short. It was back and forth the entire game. Both teams have a lot of great players, and I do want to give credit to Arkansas. Their offense put up a lot more yards and points than I thought they were going to be able to put up. So good job to Arkansas on that. I still think these are two very good teams, despite what happened to them the previous week where they both got destroyed. So props to them. But the LSU-Kentucky game, this is a different kind of emotional. I think Ed Orgeron coaches very frustrated he wants to be the rah 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 guy he's Mm -hmm. trying his hardest but it's got to be difficult when you know your job is on the line when you know your head is on the chopping block and it wasn't necessarily that they played the worst game i mean they obviously lost 42 to 21 but if you look at the total yards and the time of possession and the first downs they're actually very even with kentucky in this game They had the equal time of possession. Total yards was 408 for LSU to 475 for Kentucky. LSU had 22 first downs. Kentucky had 24. LSU just could not convert where it mattered. And they also had one one turnover. One turnover is not going to lose you a game, but Kentucky had zero. And Kentucky, if you don't mind playing the clip uh, from both last week and the week before, I really don't think they're going to be a good Cinderella team. But... It's just fun to watch these Cinderella possibilities. If Kentucky proves me wrong and somehow beats Georgia and LSU, great for them. But I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves with really hyping up certain teams as badly as we want to. So I have been proven wrong. I've been made a fool by Kentucky two weeks in a row. (laughs) So... Hey, I want to give them all the credit in the world. They played a great game, mistake-free, tough, gritty. They pushed around an an LSU team. That's not easy to do. However, I'm going to call this triple-down economics. I am tripling down on my (laughs) Kentucky take. And I think they're going to get beat pretty badly by Georgia. They've played two really tough games in a row. Florida, LSU, two tough teams in a row. They're playing at Georgia. I think Georgia is going to have another one of their... uh, Another one of their, how do, I, how do I put this, like 37-10, 37-14 games mm-hmm. where they just put them out of contention pretty early. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I Listen, I, I like Kentucky too in, in terms of like I'm happy for their fan base. I think it's cool that we have an undefeated Kentucky that's ranked so high. But, yeah, they're going to really have their first true test this weekend against Georgia, and I, I don't think it's going to even be close. Yeah. 
Uh, that said, this seems like a good transition to start talking about our uh, picks for this week. Uh, me and Randy and uh, Mad Buck have selected a handful of games that we're looking forward to, that we might have some hot takes on. Um, and I think I'll start it off here. Uh, Mad Buck, you might be interested in this one, actually, and this kind of relates to what we were talking about before. Uh, yeah. UCF at number three Cincinnati. Now, hear me out. This feels like a potential trap game to me. Okay, despite UCF being three and two, okay, two of their losses have come by seven points and four points. So they're they're playing, you know, teams pretty close. Last year, last season, since he beat UCF, but that game was also pretty close. It was thirty six to thirty three. So it, it seems like they play each other pretty close. UCF, even when they lose, their games are pretty exciting. And beyond that, I mean, Cincinnati. Listen, they're ranked number three for like the first time, like ever, basically. I think Cincinnati might be feeling some of this pressure finally starting to build up. You know what I mean? Now that they're really kind of in the playoff conversation, um, I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, we always talk about how football is very emotional in college. Listen, when you're number three and, like, in the driver's seat to make the playoffs, be the first G5 team to ever make the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of emotions week to week. So I look forward to this one. I, I, I do think Cincy probably wins, especially because it's at home. But don't be surprised. If this one ends up coming down to the wire and UCF puts up a good fight. It would be quite a hot take um, if, this, if that were to happen. We've already seen chaos happen this year, you know, but UCF, you know, with their, you know, Dylan Gabriel out with a broken clavicle, that would, uh, that would be pretty crazy. And Randy, I bet you'd be really happy to see that. <laughs> I would be very happy to see that. That was actually one of the games I was going to talk about. However, Jimbo did uh, touch on all the points I wanted to make. The reason I was interested in it is because now, I, now I'm now i forced to be a fan of every team that Cincinnati plays. <laughs> um, no, I really like how UCF has looked. They, they've played very close, tough games. Um, the quarterback injury is, of course, bad. But I think it would be very interesting. It's at Cincinnati. And I think the point about the pressure ramping up on Cincinnati is important to keep in mind. With a lot of teams that are this close, they start feeling the pressure. And it's like you can tell that the team tenses up. They don't play loose. When they don't play loose, that tensing up causes you to not execute as well. And it's really hard. It's a really weird, hard thing to put accurately into words. I know what you but mean, you like, really need to play loose and play free and don't be so bogged down. It's a mental game as much yeah. as it is physical. And especially, again, for a team like Cincinnati that like hasn't been here before. like This is uncharted territory for them. So it'll be fun I, to I see. Bet, I bet Cincinnati is still in UTSA's you know, motto of don't eat the cheese. You know, They're trying to do every single thing they can to make sure, to make sure their guys don't, you know, um, you know, don't get too sucked into it. But that, that'd be... Uh, That'd be pretty crazy to see, you know, in general. Love it. Got to keep it fun. All right. I have a game. I'm ready to talk about one because I have a hot take. All right. Oklahoma State versus Texas. I have a very hot take for this one. The game is actually at Texas. Oklahoma State, I feel weirdly, I'm not going to say similar to how I feel about regular Oklahoma with Oklahoma State, but it's almost another case of, how do they keep getting away with it? And they've been getting away with it versus worse teams. Granted, they are 5-0, and but they beat Missouri State by a touchdown. They beat Tulsa by less than a touchdown. They beat Boise State by one point. They've played Kansas State and Baylor, and they beat those games. They won those games by 10 points each. Granted, those aren't the top of the Big 12. They're still decent enough teams. However, these are close games. Their quarterback... Uh, Spencer Sanders has not impressed me. He has 
a less than 800 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. That's just not enough to get it done versus a high-flying offense like Texas. My hot take is that I believe Texas beats Oklahoma State by at least three touchdowns. <laughs> I think Texas's offense is really good and not getting the credit they deserve. Maybe their offense is getting the credit they deserve. They really need their defense to step up, and I don't think it'll be hard to shut down a quarterback that's five touchdowns and three interceptions. That's fair. I Man, I didn't even realize that Oklahoma State was, was ranked number 12 right now. That does seem pretty high. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I Again, happy for them being undefeated, happy for them being ranked so well. But, yeah, I mean, Texas, despite their record, I, I do think they're pretty legit this year. I, I really think there's a lot of potential for Texas to, you know, perhaps still win out and make a, a New York Six Bowl. Um, who knows? I think they're the was second that one on purpose? Team. That was it's it's from now on. Whenever I say New York Six, it is 100 percent on purpose. Yes. Okay. It's okay. the running joke. <laughs> well, speaking of hot takes, Mad Buck, you said going into this episode, um, you had a very hot take, perhaps a, a wizard take that you wanted to share at one point. I wanted to share one. Um, before we get into that, I just wanted to say, um, Wake Forest Syracuse, Wake Forest's first touchdown, 69 yard pass. Nice. Let's nice. Take a moment. All right, let's 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 give a moment of silence for some respect on that. Now that it's over, um, <laughs> I have a few. Uh, there's a few fun games coming up this weekend. Um, you know, you could always look at Michigan State, Indiana. Indiana's had, you know, they what they played Iowa. Who else did they played this year? They played Penn State. Uh, they played Cincinnati. You know, and it's kind of like, are they maybe? You know, they play Michigan State for Michigan State's homecoming. You know, that could be something to look at. Maybe Indiana's tired of losing. You know, because after Michigan State, they have Ohio State. It's kind of like, when when are the beatings going to stop? Um, I would say my hot take for this, um, for this week, um, it's, it's Pac-12 at night. Okay? Oh, yes. I know this is Uh-oh. going. <laughs> I love 8:30 this. PM, 8.30 PM. Okay. UCLA goes over to Washington. Washington is a two point favorite right now. Okay. Um, really? Washington, if you remember, lost to Montana. Okay. And I guess maybe they they have looked a little bit better the last couple of weeks, and UCLA has kind of looked, you know, they didn't look as sharp last week, okay? Um, but Washington, a two-point favorite over UCLA, I think I'll take my wizard bet this week is going to be UCLA five over Washington because that's just, that, that's just too much value to give up. So if you guys are actually going to bet, if you actually are into betting, um, that's something you probably want to keep your eye on because UCLA, you know, they're still decent. And Washington still has a lot of uh, still has a lot to prove. So um, that would be my hot take. I I would say, man, another th- another game you could look at Miami North Carolina. Okay, how many games can Manny Diaz lose? <laughs> hey, do you think he's, do you on think the hot he's seat? already what's, on the hot seat? Yeah, what's going on here? Have you seen all the Miami fans talking about Manny Diaz? They're they're researching, like they're like they're like, okay, let's inspect his contract. Like, let's look at everything here. This clause, addendum A B, you know, item two. <laughs> I have seen this. I have seen this in the chat, especially with well, Dilber. Warranted or not, warranted or not, that's what every Miami. That's what a lot of Miami fans are looking at, you know. And then you know, if you watch the Miami games, um, what was it a couple weeks ago? There was hardly anyone in the stands, but everyone was looking out for the cat that was falling from, like, the bleachers. You know, everyone was more invested in that than the game itself, unfortunately. So, Do you think 
Sorry, do you think this is a game where Manny Diaz could get tarmacked? I don't know about tarmacked. I mean, they are. I mean, I guess yeah, they are at North Carolina, so they could just be like, uh, mm, "You can Uber home," you know. But oh, oh I, that would be pretty tough. I and I, I, I'm not good with you know coaches getting fired halfway through the year. I'm not. I'm not good on those bets, but. This is this is pretty spicy you know th- this is entering lsu or usc or whatever the hotbed you know football program you know territory is so no that's um, that's a good point something to keep an eye on for i really haven't been paying too much attention to manny diaz because i think coach o is kind of the talk of the season for you know getting fired halfway through the season um i'll say this i think if diaz gets fired it probably won't be against a team like north carolina I mean, UNC, they're okay this year, but they're not bad, per se, right? I think if if he loses, like, at Pittsburgh, for example, you know, if, if they lose to UNC and NC State and then lose to Pitt, then I could see him perhaps getting tarmacked. Um, what the uh, Pitt super weapon is charging for to take out Manny Diaz? What's going on? Could be Kenny fun. Pickett. I love Kenny Pickett, Pitt's quarterback. I can talk about him later. <laughs> speaking, speaking of tarmacks... One of the games I was going to talk about since we brought up Coach O was the LSU-Florida game. I'm very interested in this game, and it has nothing to do with any specific matchups. I feel like this could be the game where they let go of Coach O. I really feel like this could be the one. LSU is 3-3, three and three, and their losses have not looked good. Look, it's it's one thing to lose a close game because you just couldn't get it done that day. It's another thing to get manhandled by a team that you're used to laughing at. Well, who, who, man, just, who are they used to laughing at? That's what I'm curious. I'm looking at this. Kentucky. Schedule. Kentucky. Well, Kentucky's good, though. I, I don't know. I mean, Kentucky's like, good, but they, they don't have the same talent level. That's the thing. Like, if people are expecting Kentucky to never get as good as LSU, and here they are. They superseded LSU, you know? That's fair. Kentucky still has a lower talent composite, and they're just not as big of a team. LSU has access to the best recruits in the country. There's absolutely no excuse to lose by three touchdowns to Kentucky. I'm not trying to take away from Kentucky. I like Kentucky. I think they're a great team. But there's just no if you're Ed, if you're Coach O and you have the access to recruits and resources that LSU does, this is unacceptable. <laughs> um, I think this could be the game, depending on how it goes versus Florida, that he gets tarmacked. And I don't even know if winning this game is enough to save his job. I think the players know this. I think the players are aware that he, his head is on the chopping block and it's only a matter of time. Their best player, uh, Kayvon, what's his name? Kayvon Butte, Kayshawn Butte, he's out for the season. I just don't see any scenario in which LSU wins. I, I hate to say that because the last couple times I said that I don't see a scenario in which X happens, <laughs> X does happen. So. <laughs> Hey man, I'm looking well, at LSU. They make a fool out of me. I'm looking at LSU's schedule here, dude. The last what is it? Five of their last six games are against ranked teams, ranked SEC yeah. teams. That's just in, including Bama, including they Texas play Florida, A&M. Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Just That's a, They haven't had a good schedule to start off, and they've just they've gone three and three. So yeah, I, I, he's gonna be gone, I think, at some point. Louisiana Monroe. My gosh, the second to last week, they are just going to be so desperate for that win, no matter who is who's there. Like I, like they got paid for that game, you know. But you still have to, you know, you still have to say a prayer for them. And just imagine, just imagine. I, I don't wish for anyone to lose their job. Just imagine LSU does part ways with Ed Orgeron, okay? 
Just imagine, who else you go after? You would think maybe someone close in state, a Louisiana you know, state coach that's been doing pretty well, right? What about most consistently good Louisiana in-state coach since 2014? Is it Billy Napier? Are you thinking of Billy Napier? Because you'd be wrong. Ooh. <laughs> you'd be Skip Holtz of Louisiana Tech. Just imagine that timeline. What was his name? I'm sorry. Skip Holtz. Skip Holtz. Skip Holtz. Is he Louisiana Tech. And he's been there for a while, hasn't he? He's been he there since 2013. There after, he was. He's been there since USF fired him, and he's <laughs> actually he doesn't actually recruit that. I won't say he doesn't recruit that well, but recruiting isn't like a prime target of his. Yeah. But Louisiana Tech since 2014 has one has been one of the top four best teams in Conference USA. You might be saying, "Oh, that's not that great," but he's been to a bowl game every single year. I think last year was the first year he lost a bowl game at Louisiana. Yes, so he's six and one in bowl games at Louisiana Tech, and he has. I see multiple nine, ten win seasons at Louisiana Tech of all places. Is it going to happen? No. But what Nexus event would we have to be in for that to happen? For that, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's very possible. I, I don't think LSU is going anywhere near him. But it's fun to talk. It's fun to talk about. I can just imagine. You ever seen that, you know, the meme of everyone in the boardroom saying, we need ideas, and someone gives the idea, <laughs> yeah, and, and they the call guy them out. Boardroom just be like, we need a new coach, we need Napier, we need, you know, we need Nick Saban, we need Urban Meyer, how about Skip Holtz? And then, <laughs> boom, out the window. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun to see. I, it feels like an inevitability at this point that LSU is going to part ways, so I, I, I look forward to the discussions at a minimum. We're going to talk about the Pac-12 up next because, listen, people always complain we don't talk about the Pac-12 enough. Well, my pick of the week is in the Pac-12, and this isn't too much of a hot take, but I I think it's a game you should kind of look for. It's number 18 Arizona State at Utah. So here's the thing, okay? Arizona State is very quietly 4-1, all right? They're undefeated in the Pac-12, and they still technically control their own destiny, at least in in the the Pac-12. Um, this is going to be the latest Pac-12 game of the night. Um, it's actually is later than the Washington game you talked about earlier. Um, it, I believe it starts at 8 o'clock Central here. And I, for me, I, I look forward to this one because it, I think it's going to be another test of whether or not ASU is actually actually legit. I think now that Oregon has lost a game and has proven themselves to be kind of vulnerable, um, the, the Pac-12 feels a little bit more open. And listen, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I am kind of firm for Herm. And I would like to see Arizona State do well. I'd like to see them, you know, kind of make that jump, go 5-1, and one, start, start, you know, winning some of these big games. And who knows, maybe have a shot at the Pac-12. And listen, if Arizona State does win out and finishes 11-1, that could have some potential playoff implications. I, I know it sounds crazy now, but really, with all the chaos that's happening this year, I, I think an 11-1 team, regardless of who you are, be it, you know, as long as you're in the P5, an 11-1 team probably is making the playoffs a year, this year, it feels like. I definitely see that happening. I, too, am firm for Herm. Good. My thing with Arizona State is they are 3-0 and in the Pac-12, and those three wins are by three touchdowns each, three or four touchdowns each, versus Colorado, UCLA, and Stanford. UCLA and Stanford are they're okay Pac-12 teams. They deserve some credit. But they're not the best. I mean, Stanford did just beat Oregon. However, they do have that loss to BYU, and I just don't see the committee being being able to overlook a 10-point loss to a G5 team, even if it is one as good as BYU that's about to be in the Big 12. 
I don't know. I, the thing is, you brought up a very interesting point, which is that they've been winning these games by like three or four touchdowns, right? They're winning these games by a lot. And who knows? I mean, if Arizona State can continue to win and continue to dominate, I think that's going to eventually change the conversation because that's what impresses me the most, man. They're winning these games pretty effortlessly, which is something you don't really see from a lot of these other teams that are, you know, either undefeated or ranked pretty highly, like Oklahoma or Michigan or Iowa. They're winning, but they're struggling. Arizona State isn't struggling, and I like that. I'll say Arizona State, you know, we were remembering them for the recruiting violations announced, you know, before the season started. But they were returning a lot of people from last year, and they had a pretty easy schedule going into this year. You know, this year, one of their tougher games was supposed to be USC. And, you know, USC isn't doing as hot this year as everyone thought. So you guys are right. I mean, they have Utah and Washington State. They have USC. And, you know, they're going to Washington. I mean, Oregon State is better this year than they've been in a long time. But, you know, they're still, you know, this, this isn't, you know, Oregon State isn't like Georgia. You know, they're not they, they're not that level right now, you know, as far as like stature and brand, you know. But, I mean, look at Utah, Washington State, USC, Washington, Oregon State, and Arizona. Which one of those games are you going to bet against Arizona State at? On you know, which one of those games are you going to bet against Arizona State against? You know, if they keep if they keep on playing the way that they're playing, that's what I'm saying, man. That's I'm, that's, I'm, yeah, I'm high on good them. Point. I'm high on them. I think they should be higher than 18. And I don't know if they just keep winning these games like they're winning. I think eventually they will get the respect they deserve. Put these games on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, know? I know that's the problem. This is going to be at, like, going on at like midnight on the East Coast. I swear, I swear, the AP poll voters, you know, they just get to eight o'clock at night and they're like, "Oh, I need to have my glass of milk and go to bed." You know, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Oh, let's just figure out the scores in the morning." You know, we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. So I do love those after twelve or yeah, after I'm sorry, after dark, after dark pack twelve games. Yeah. We have problems with tongue twisters on this podcast. It's, it's like it's like what you talked about earlier. It's a fever dream. Just watching them while <laughs> you're going is. to bed. Okay, a game I wanted to talk about very quickly was is actually Ole Miss versus Tennessee. Mostly because of Tennessee. We know how Ole Miss has looked this season. We already know about them. But Tennessee has not been talked about, and they are very quietly 4-2. and two, And they've been very quietly putting up nearly 40, 50 points a game. They have looked so improved on offense with Hendon Hooker at quarterback, Virginia Tech transfer. He has 13 touchdowns, one interception, and over 1,000 yards already on the season. Very good stat line. Um, However, their schedule to date has been pretty bad. I mean, yeah, they beat South Carolina, Missouri, in their two group of five games. So they've played the worst of the SEC. However, they did still control and dominate those games. They have a loss to Pittsburgh, who I've talked about how much I love their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, who I think is a dark horse Heisman candidate. And they lost to Florida, which who knows how good Florida is at this point. (laughs) They're another one of those emotional teams that gets very high and very low for certain games. I just think it's very interesting to see how how potentially quick a turnaround for Tennessee football could be uh, from when they just fired Jeremy Pruitt to now. I think it'd be interesting to see if there's they finally found the coach that might at least make them not an embarrassing team to watch. Yeah, I agree. I was I was shocked to find that Tennessee had basically the highest rated quarterback in the SEC in terms of quarterback rating. Um, listen, again, Tennessee, like you said, they're not going to be great this year. But you know, if they found their coach, good for them. I know you hate Tennessee, but 
I do. I, I'd, I'd like to see Tennessee at least be competent. They've been embarrassing for the longest time, and I, I think the fans are ready for at least competency. You know what I mean? With that being said, I want to point out that the last half of their schedule is brutal. Also they play brutal. Ole Miss, yeah. Ole Miss at Alabama, at Kentucky, then Georgia. Yeah. I mean, that might be They could lose all four of these games and still be considered an okay team at six and six. Yeah. Oh, in their last two games after that, South Alabama, Vanderbilt. I mean, everyone before the season was like, you know, everyone transferred out of Tennessee. How good are they going to do? And then they just put on Missouri, right? And then they went into the South Carolina game. And everyone's like, oh, who's going to win? South Carolina and Tennessee. South Carolina's kind of starting over, but we like Shane Beamer and Tennessee. Oh, well, you know, Hup was over at UCF and eh, he did okay, I guess. And he took care. Uh, he took care of. Uh, he took care of South Carolina. So, even if they drop all four of those games, Ole Miss, Alabama, Kentucky, Georgia, South Alabama, and Vanderbilt, puts them at six and six. If they win those last two games and lose those first four, bowl eligible. True. Yes, and that's a big thing. I mean, those extra practices will mean a lot for a first-year head coach. I hate to say it, I could see Wisconsin playing Tennessee in, a, in the six and six bowl. Whatever that may be. You don't want to come down for the Outback Bowl? No? <laughs> We're not making that this year. <laughs> hey, it's Florida. Hey, it's Florida in the wintertime. You can I know how much you talk about how much you love the South. So you can finally visit Florida, but in the wintertime. You yeah, probably would like that. Go see the Mayo Bowl or something. That could be fun. Oh yeah. So you can go to the Idaho Potato Bowl instead. <laughs> Did you guys want to do a quick game day desk style uh, quick picks? I like this. For the remaining top 25 games. I like it. Just rapid fire. Just like quick one sentence rapid answers. Fire. Yeah. Randy, All right, give, so, us, give us the games. We'll go for it. All right. Number nine, Oregon versus Cal. One and four Cal versus four and one Oregon. Uh, Oregon, way too powerful. Cal's not good this year. They're bad. Oregon. Oregon. All right. All right. Number 24, San Diego State. Another undefeated G5, five and zero oh, versus three and three San Jose State. Uh, San Diego State, people are sleeping on them. Keep an eye for them. They'll probably be undefeated this year. I'll go ahead and say San Diego State as well. What about you, I'll, Randy? I'll also say San Diego State. Uh, San Jose State has Nick Starkle. I know he's a memed quarterback because he used to play. He was called Ass My Dude by Tatham. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. San Diego State is one of those consistently good group of five teams. I picked them as well. Love it. All right, next game, UCF versus Cincinnati. Uh, got to my head, Cincinnati, but it's going to be close. Cincinnati as well, um, even with the spread. Right now at 21, they're at 21 points favorite over UCF. Um, I think that's a fair spread. I'll take, I'll still take the spread. Jimbo, you talk about divine intervention in football sometimes. I do. I do. <laughs> For that reason, I'm going to pick UCF. Love you it. Know why. Love the boldness. All right. Number 10, 6 0, Michigan State versus Indiana at 2 and 3. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go for it, Indiana. I, I Michigan State is due for just like a random game that they drop, and Indiana. Listen, I know last year was a meme, but they were they showed potential last year. I'll say that they showed potential, Indiana. Yeah, I was about to say I want to take Indiana just because um, it's their homecoming game, and you know they're kind of home underdogs, so everyone's gonna be kind of going for them. I just I just got to see it, so I'll just go with Michigan State. I'm going to go with Michigan State. They have actually been comfortably winning all of their games by multiple scores, except Nebraska, who we have talked about, is actually looking a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Michigan State. 
All right, now my hot take game: Oklahoma State at five and zero versus four and two Texas. Uh, Texas by at least fourteen. I, I don't think Oklahoma State's that legit. I was going to choose Texas as well, but Jimbo, since you just said Oklahoma State, um, or since you just said Texas, I'm going to have to go with Oklahoma State. Just be different. I love it. Well, I've already talked about this one. Texas by three touchdowns. All right, next game. Auburn at four and two versus Arkansas also at four and two. Oh, I haven't even thought about this one. Uh, I'll go Auburn. Me magic. I think they're decent. You know, I was going to go Auburn as well. Um, I was just, I was going to go Auburn as well. Um, I don't know. You know, when you think about Arkansas, they went for two at the end of their game. You know, if they just go for the extra point, they tie it up, go to overtime. Who knows what happens there? But they went for two and they lost. And that kind of jazzes them up. I'll go with Arkansas. I'm also going to go with Arkansas. I think Arkansas is playing very inspired football. Both teams have a first-year head coach, but I believe in Arkansas and what they're selling more. All right, next game. Number 20, Florida at 4-2 and two versus LSU at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, You know, as much as I was trash-talking LSU before, I have been kind of high on them this season. I'll say it. I think LSU wins this one. It'll be close, but I think they win. Florida wins, even though Ed Orgeron puts on shoulder pads and goes on the field himself. <laughs> I'm just going to pick Florida. LSU, I think, has given up. All right, next game. Maybe interesting. Texas A&M at 4-2 and two versus Missouri at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Texas A&M, I don't think they have a hangover. I think they're actually pretty inspired and will be rallying for the rest of the season. I don't know if it's as much about Texas A&M as it is Missouri. Tennessee put 60 on Missouri, so I'm going to go with Texas A&M. I'm also going to go Texas A&M. I don't think they have too much of a hangover. They, I think they're a much better team than people originally thought. I'm actually, real quick, I, I want to say I'm very proud of them. Even though that their season was effectively over at 3-2, and two, they still rallied together, fought through adversity, and did everything they could to beat Bama, even though they could have easily just rolled over and said, screw it. So, good for them. Next game is number 11, Kentucky, versus number one, Georgia. Both still undefeated. Uh, Georgia wins pretty comfortably. Guys, would you guys take Georgia with the spread, 23 and a half? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, I'd probably Ooh. take that. I think the spread is about accurate. I'll go, uh, I'll go Georgia, too. I know I was going to say, you know, Kentucky has to keep it going, even, you know, but that's kind of – kind of not fair because georgia you know last year they had high expectations too in the year before um so i'm gonna go with georgia but i do think with the spread i would still take the spread too all right Jimbo, i know i'm gonna have to hold you back on this one i hope you can contain yourself a little no, bit no no <laughs> iowa versus purdue six and no iowa versus three and two purdue i thought about this one and you know i before entering the show i was thinking you know i might go with purdue but i actually i looked into purdue and they're just actually terrible. They're or they're a really bad team. I think Iowa wins. They're not exposed yet. They will be, but not this week. Two and three Iowa over Purdue. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think Iowa takes it, um, but I think that we're going to start seeing some lower scoring games. I I'm going to have to pick Iowa. Purdue is just awful. I don't know why. I just hate Iowa. I don't have any good reason to hate them, even though I love them at the first of the season. I just have chosen to hate them. I, I, All I right. hate them too. Don't worry. Well, you're a Big Ten fan. Anyway, number 19, BYU, who just <laughs> dropped their first game at 5-1 and one versus, surprisingly, Baylor at 5-1 and one still. 
Uh, on the flip, BYU, listen, they, they played well against P5 teams all year. Their loss last week, it was against Boise State, a pretty good team. I'm still pretty high on BYU. I think they're legit. This is a 50-50 game for me, so I'm just going to choose the home team. I'll take Baylor. I'll take BYU. I still believe in BYU. They're battle-tested against P5 teams, so they know what they're getting into. All right. Uh, <laughs> this one, well, I don't even know how to introduce this one. Alabama at number five versus Mississippi State at three and two. Dude, I feel so bad for Mississippi State. Not that they had a shot, you know, entering this season to beat Bama, but we know Bama historically, whenever they do lose a game, the following week, they just, they go nuclear. I think Bama literally might win by 50 points or more. Aboard the pain train revenge tour, uh, I'll choose Alabama. I really hope you guys are right. The way I look at this game is I feel like it's going to be telling for how the team deals with adversity and how much Nick Saban is going to have to rally them. And a lot of cases in a lot of years where we lose a game, you see the players step up and see the players become leaders. If Nick Saban has to be the one to be the leader in that situation, then I don't see us having a chance to win the championship this year. So I think it's going to be a very telling game for us. So I, even though I know we're going to win, Knock on wood. <laughs> I still am nervous for those reasons, but I definitely am just picking us. Yeah. Obviously, Alabama lost two games in a row. There's, it's, I don't think it's. I'm not going to say anything. All right, <laughs> all right. Next game: TCU at three and two versus Oklahoma at six and zero, oh, who somehow keeps getting away with it. Yeah, and I think they're going to keep on getting away with it until they play like a really, really good team. I think Oklahoma wins this one, but again. It's probably going to be way too close for comfort. Watch it be like a one-score game again. I'm going to choose Oklahoma. I think the bigger question with with TCU is, who is Coach Gary Patterson going to blame this time? Because SMU, he blamed you know people for shoving into his guys. And Texas, he was like, well, Texas used their running back too much. So Oklahoma, if I, I think Oklahoma is going to win. But I think, who is Gary Patterson going to talk about next? That's the bigger <laughs> question. That's funny. Um, I pick Oklahoma in another close game. I just think it'll be very interesting to see which quarterback they go with this time. So it'll be an interesting game. Next game, Ole Miss at four and one versus four and two Tennessee, who we briefly talked about before. Yeah, honestly, I this is at Tennessee. So shouts out to Maladroit who just won the the pizza gift card today. Um, I I think Tennessee actually wins this one. I like Ole Miss, but they're vulnerable. We've seen that before. And Tennessee, like we said. Really, really good offense. Great quarterback. I think they win this one. I don't watch this game as well. I'm going to go with Ole Miss, but I could definitely see some fireworks going off in this game. I'm going to go with Ole Miss. I could see some fireworks going off as well, but I think Tennessee's schedule, who they've beaten, beaten has just been pretty bad. No offense, South Carolina and Missouri. I think they're going to get fairly exposed versus Ole Miss. Next game. Four and one North Carolina State, whom beat Clemson, versus four and one Boston College, who lost to Clemson. Oh, uh, God, this one's a toss up to me. I, uh, it's probably NC State, though. This being at Boston College makes it interesting. I, I think it'd be a close game. NC State by maybe a touchdown. Take NC State as well, just because they beat USF. So every school that has beaten USF has had a chance, you know. So of course, when you beat USF, you're a good school. Of course, so, NC State. I'm going to go with NC State. I just feel like they're better and they're going to end up with a better record. We just haven't had enough time in the season for the records to really shake out and show where teams are at. 
as far as how good they are. Yeah. All right. And this is the final ranked matchup of the week is number 18, Arizona State at five and one versus three and two, Utah. Like I said, I'm, I'm really big on ASU. I think they win by three touchdowns. I'm going to go with uh, Arizona State as well. I mean, Utah has been playing better the last couple weeks. I did catch a piece of their Washington State game a couple weeks ago. Um, but you know, you got to go with Arizona State right now. Their only loss was to BYU. They've been looking pretty well. I'm going to go with Arizona State as well. I'm very impressed at how they win when they win. They have a pretty good offense and a pretty good defense. When you combine those two together, it makes for a pretty good team. Well said. And that is that wraps up all the picks for the games. Exciting. I, I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, unfortunately, I am going to see Wisconsin in person, so I'll be missing a fair number of these. But listen, if you're interested, Wisconsin's playing Army this weekend. I know we didn't talk about that. The but Army. That could don't say that. It could be interesting just because Army does play the you know weird triple option. Um, so look for me on TV. I'll be there. Randy, are you going to a game? This week? I am not. We play at Mississippi State this week. I'm probably going to stay home. Fun fact, Mississippi State actually is the closest SEC team to Alabama. Didn't know that. So, yeah, I've been there quite a few times. It's a cool stadium, but I'm not going there this time. Matt Buck, are you going to, uh, I believe it's at South Florida this week, right? I'm actually taking one of my friends who's just now getting into college football, even though we got out of school a few years ago. So uh, I'm going to be telling him, like, hey, this is what's going on with USF. This is what's going on with Tulsa. Here's why nobody's in the stands, all that stuff. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Let's be fun, hey, though. as long as you still have fun, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, you know, it, well, there's only so much fun you can have when it's Saturday at noon in Florida in October. And oh, God. It's going to be so hot. You know, it's you got you have to get ready for battle against the sun. You know, of course. I went outside earlier today, and it was still it's still hot down here too. Uh, it's it's dreary. We're in like the fifties now. It's it's definitely fall weather here, unfortunately. It's fall weather here. It's just a different <laughs> different kind of fall. You get it, Mad Bug. <laughs> yeah, it's different here. This morning was like the second more was like the second morning in like the last a couple months where it wasn't eighty two degrees at five in the morning. It's the lie. We live in paradise, right? It, I, you have to understand, I am jealous hearing this. Because, you know, the thing is, it's only going to get worse here. In probably a month, it'll be snowing. And from there, it's just all downhill. That's life. Plenty of pizza huts down here, just... <laughs> yeah, plenty of pizza <laughs> really That's really all I need is the pizza hut, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Mad Buck, thank you so much for coming out here today. It was great talking to you. I, I like your takes. You had some good picks. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. We really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, and Randy, thank you again as usual. And to the viewers, thank you. We love the feedback you guys have given us for the weeks. Thank you for staying with us through week seven. It's been a fun episode. Take care, folks. We're signing out. Roll Tide. Bomb, Wisconsin. Go Bulls. <laughs>